Poison Rana. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Poison Rana. PoisonRana.ca for all the links, for all the stuff that we do. But this is the inaugural version of this podcast. The first time ever. That's welcome. Right. Welcome to our new YouTube channel. Welcome to our new show. Uh, yes, some of you might have been, hey, where is where is BD Elite this week? Where, what is this frog that has crawled into my uh, my podcast app? Well, we're the same. It's still Brain and Davey. It's still the BDE. But we're changing things up a little bit. That's right. We are. So we've been doing Up Next on uh, the Post Wrestling feed. And that show is not going anywhere. We went live last night on the Post Wrestling YouTube. And now Up Next is moved to the Post Wrestling podcast feed and everything like that so go check out that show uh, as well as everything that we still do for post and john and way and everything like that but we've kind of spread our wings if you will we've decided to take that leap uh, leap my frog leap my frog yes it's something maybe we could put on a t-shirt <laughs> i'm sure somehow some way but uh yeah this is uh the kind of the the format that we're gonna be gonna go through into the future and that is uh just kind of more of a discussion show. We still have review shows. We'll still review some pay-per-views from time to time. Of course, you can always listen to more of us at patreon.com slash poisonrana. For five bucks a month, you get access to almost 500 different podcasts. But yeah, we talk about all different sorts of wrestling and, and stuff like that. So we decided, why not just make a show where we kind of do that anyways? Yeah, it's going to kind of uh, hopefully kind of make our up next show a little bit more compact because we'll save a lot of discussion points for this show but also allows us to go a bit more in detail about certain things and talk a bit more broadly about the world of wrestling and news and weird wacky wonderful uh rumors going on in the world of wrestling for sure it's something uh, i definitely want to want to focus on yeah uh so to new listeners, to old listeners, thanks for checking us out. And uh, every, I think, Sunday so far is the day that we're going to be kind of uh, doing this show. So, hey, it'll be in your podcast feeds Sunday night, Monday morning for you guys. And yes, and obviously uh, with it being kind of Christmas and New Year coming up soon, uh, we'll have some kind of special pre-recorded shows coming out um, towards the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, this is the plan, like a kind of um, well, Toronto time, like a lunchtime discussion all about everything in the world of wrestling yeah for sure so uh thanks to all the old listeners and the new listeners that are, are jumping on board and stuff like that we're we we were stuck under this like umbrella of having nxt in our name mm -hmm. and anytime we'd interact with uh wrestlers or new listeners at like events and wrestling we always would say oh yeah we do the nxt stuff and they're like oh okay i i don't care about nxt mm -hmm. and instantly would not check us out or really give us any time of day because we were like associating with WWE NXT. So we decided it's going to be the whole new thing. And we're super excited about this and everything. So anyone who's listened to us, you know, our journey and the stuff we've done before. So yeah. Yeah. And we, I think we pride on ourselves on always being pretty like, uh, like good with our, with our audience and communicating and stuff. So we, we do want a uh, kind of, as much feedback as possible. We're trying out a few different things. As you can see, if you're watching the, the live feed right now uh, or the replay, we have a bunch of topics going down the side and we're going to be doing a kind of PTI style show where we're going to kind of 
um, have time segments on each of these new items to see how much we can talk about. Uh, it keeps us from going off the rails because we do have 13 topics here. Uh, unlucky for some, but I know it's your favorite number, Brian. Yes. And we'll keep us a bit more streamlined. But I also think something I'd like to explore on this kind of show is perhaps having guests on, uh, peop- other people from other other podcasts and in the world of wrestling that we can talk about about these topics or also some interviews that we can throw up so it's really like it's our show to do whatever we want with yeah uh we've been doing podcasts uh for quite a while i've been doing podcasts for way too long uh i worked with uh you know tsn radio news talk 1010 and then i did the law live audio wrestling i was gracious enough to be part of that back in the day and then working with john away when they launched post wrestling that's when me and you started uh, doing our show up next. We've been doing it for quite a long time. The show is not going anywhere, but we decided we kind of we kind of get along. We have a good vibe going. Why don't we uh, kind of see where we can go with this? So strap on in, and uh, yeah, if you're feeling froggy, jump. And if you are watching live, uh, you can post in the YouTube chat. Uh, ask us any questions you'd like and things. I think we'll dedicate more time towards the end, but then. Uh, any comments you have during each kind of news item, by all means, uh, throw them up and we'll uh, we'll get to them and kind of highlight them on the chat. For example, Jake's already asking, how interested are both of you in Wrestle Kingdom coming up? And I think that is certainly something that in the last couple of weeks, my interest has kind of taken a 180 with the yeah. uh, a few of the announcements and possible Sasha Banks talk, which is one of our news items today. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we watch a lot of varied wrestling anyways and like i kind of said we pigeonholed ourselves into nxt but to kind of show everyone that we do watch a whole lot of other stuff uh is kind of finally freeing and 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 gonna be a a lot of fun and we're definitely going to talk about new japan and wrestle kingdom uh coming up i mean that's uh, a big kind of news story that everyone seems to be talking about in the world of wrestling uh coming up and that's Sasha Banks mm. showing up in New Japan. Should we jump into I think this? We'll get into it. News item number one. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of been reported. Uh, Meltzer confirming like uh, yesterday that uh, Sasha Banks is going to be appearing at New Japan at the Tokyo Dome January 4th. And obviously it feels like. Uh, maybe she was going to be moving back to WWE. It certainly felt like this build to Survivor Series was in Boston. Was perfect. Yeah. Um, everything kind of lined up, but no, it looks like she's going to be appearing on New Japan. Don't know what the uh, contract situation is. Seems like maybe she'll be going by Sasha Monet. Uh, but yeah, thoughts. Monet. Monet. Wow. Monet. It sounds nice. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. She is a huge star when it comes to WWE. And now even outside WWE with, you know, the Mandalorian, which they never seem to really promote on mm. WWE TV. And then I'm seeing that she's also now, you know, filmed another movie. It seems like Hollywood is still something that's very, very in her sights. She's launched like her own like cannabis, like CBD and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's like winning awards. And like she's everywhere. She's cookies, isn't it? We've got one here. Cookies. I she's think, working with I cookies. Oh, wow. OK. Them, yeah. yeah, they're they're also a, a pretty big brand. Um, so it's it's just interesting that someone has stepped outside the ring from WWE and managed to become like even bigger and they're not like capitalizing on mm. that. I know we're in the post Vince McMahon world where it's now Triple H. And you'd again figure, will Sasha Banks and Triple H used to be very chummy because he helped 
create Sasha Banks as this big, huge star that she became. But I feel like since the walkout, everyone's been like, oh, well, she left and and this. Is she going to go back? Is she going to go wrestle in AEW? I feel like maybe that's not the place that she she wanted to kind of land. We've recently seen AEW. It seems like every other month or every other week, there's debuts and returns of wrestlers and stuff like that. Maybe she thought she valued herself more than to just show up at the rival competitor. But then it feels so left field that this story is report from PWI saying she's going to show up at the at Tokyo Dome. Yeah, and has dates booked with New Japan. Crazy. It sounds like maybe a like a verbal agreement. Now, could this be something that WWE, we saw this with Daniel Bryan when he was negotiating that they were talking to New Japan and maybe allowing him to do something. And I think Vince maybe put the kibosh on it. Maybe it's something Triple H is more willing to do. Maybe it's, okay, you know, have a fun few months. We'll be here waiting for you. But then we have on Dynamite this week, uh, Jamie Hayder teasing that Soraya is going to find a partner. A friend. On January 11th. Could that be Sasha Banks? It would kind of be poetic in this sort of Soraya comeback story that she's partnering with the person that unfortunately put her out of action oh, right. for all that time. There is that tie in there. I there There is something to me where... Sasha, I feel, would be a huge get for AEW. I, I still eventually see her going back to WWE, personally. But I this New Japan stuff's very interesting. It does, to me, kind of maybe tip your hat to the Kairi Tamnakano match that perhaps it will be a Kairi win. Because I, I yeah. could see that being a program to do in these like new Japan us shows perhaps. Yeah. I, I see the, the first big match being Kyrie versus Sasha. It's, it's, it sucks where, you know, you're bringing in now the like former WWE talent, the bigger star mm. to instantly become your, your big star there, like take over basically every one's ch- championship or anything like that. But Sasha Banks is such a huge star that I think it would bring I, a lot more eyes. I, I don't see this as someone coming into like, say, a WWE and already established promotion yeah. and taken away from young talent. This is stardom who have been growing, have been gaining traction, but they're not this big, big deal yet. Yeah. A Sasha Banks could take it to that level. Especially like if you followed Sasha Banks in the past few years, just her social media alone, kind of, you know, on her own dime and own time traveling to Japan, training with certain wrestlers mm. and, you know, teasing a match with Mako. That's still a match we need to get to. The thing is, like, New Japan now doing the whole IWGP Women's Championship with Kyrie and, and like, crossover prevent There hasn't been anyone to jump there. So I feel like maybe just it's in her interest that she's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to wrestle there. I want to kind of help build this, uh, like, establishment of women's wrestling over there in Japan. And, yeah, what other star than Sasha Banks to kind of do that? Obviously, Sasha versus Kyrie is like kind of the big dream matchup. There's a few other ones. I mean, if you're going back into the AEW world, Jamie Hayter, Soraya, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, those are the kind of big stars that I would want to see kind of dive because as as far as New Japan and and you know, the whole like women like not a lot of people watch stardom yet. Like and in the past few years it keeps getting more popular mm. and more popular people keep talking about the amazing matches. She's definitely the like the, the It's popular within our bubble though. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one it is right. your, your average WWE viewer aren't talking don't know about stardom. Is. Yeah. A Sasha maybe could put it to could that level. Definitely bring Especially it. if they they have their good like you know, putting put stuff on YouTube. Get get yeah. it out there that this Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, whatever. Or is she just 
in the crowd on January 4th watching I, I the match. <laughs> so I think Dave said she's not wrestling January right, 4th, yeah. but I imagine it would be to set she up. She shows up. Uh, Five Frank in the YouTube uh, just said, Big Dave said she wanted more money than WWE was willing to offer. So take that for what it's worth. So, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seems. I, I feel like she's on further term, further away terms than she was more recently with WWE, perhaps. But so she's showing up in the rumble. It's exciting. Like, <laughs> Sasha is one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Full stop. So wherever she lands is going to get my attention. There is just, I was just baffled that they never promoted The Mandalorian when I have friends who don't watch wrestling, don't know who Sasha Banks is, going, oh, I heard one of these characters is like a wrestler or something. What's the deal with that? And I'm like, that is crazy. That WWE would not hit us over the head with that. That someone in their company is in fucking Star Wars. Mm. But yet back in the day, it's like, hey, The Miz is in another fucking Marine movie. Better watch the trailer 63 times in an episode of Raw. Where... They didn't want to promote someone being huge outside. I don't WWE. know if that's the whole USA Disney. I don't like, know, but it, I, things, I but always it is very odd. And then for her to then walk out, I was not that. I was not shocked no. because I was like, "You are really big right now," and I I would love to see her do more acting, but I definitely would like to see her wrestle. And hey, maybe maybe there is still some merit to her still working with WWE, but also kind of seeing what else she can do. But hey, she's going to change the landscape. She's basically doing the first like big woman star to kind of jump and do whatever she wants. So uh, all the power to Sasha Banks or, sorry, Mercedes Monet. What's the names now? Mercedes Monet, it's the rumor. Mercedes Monet. Yeah. The boss. Well, let's move on. Uh, FTR had quite the week this week. Not not their best week, but great in terms of ring quality right not their best week as in they yeah (laughs) okay so yeah i mean last night uh, or yesterday during the day there was the ring of honor final battle pay-per-view which was uh pretty awesome and if anyone has not checked it out you definitely should specifically for the tag team dog collar match Mm. featuring ftr and uh um the briscoes like we'll definitely jump into that pay- that pay per view and stuff like that, but they FTR lost a match, which then they also lost this past week on Dynamite, which was a tag team title match for AEW, and now uh, Dax, which one's Dax, which one's Dawson? Dax is bald. Yeah, bald bald FTR is basically like, hey, thanks, we had a good run. The classic going on Twitter wrestler being mm. like, ah, that's it, we're over, it's over. But it's also vague as in like. We had a good run with the ROH titles. It's right. We had a good run for this chase. It's it's a weird thing. I think it was a a much needed win from the acclaimed. I thought it was a fantastic match, and I I probably put it above the Swerve in Our Glory match one. Me too, personally. I think it was a really great way of the acclaimed actually solidifying. No, we're not just the scissor daddy ass people. Right. We can go and we can wrestle, and they put on a hell of a match. Was surprised it was clean finish. I was totally expecting something to happen mid match to guns. set up. Yeah, the guns to set up the ROH final battle match. Um, just another. It's an end to a weird year because this team were like FTR were the hottest team at one point, and the fact that they never completed their their prophecy of all four tag titles right. is very strange. But. Yeah, I, but I, I think it was much needed for the acclaimed here, and I didn't see FTR taking it right this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I loved this week's episode of Dynamite. I thought it did a lot of uh, progressing different storylines going forward, but then also the wrestling was hitting. And yeah, the acclaimed definitely stepped up. I think everyone was assuming FCR was going to win or going to lose by like the guns interfering to set up for the pay per view. But instead, yeah, an inside cradle, clean finish. It easily also lets you go back to this match. Like in like three months. FTR could be like, hey, you know, you beat us clean, but give us, we were, we were pretty close. It was a pretty even matchup, but I thought, uh, Bowens and Caster definitely stepped up in the wrestling. Bowens, especially, I think he, he's like vastly improved in ring wise. Yeah. I know he, he had a series of kind of just doing like singles matches on Rampage and stuff like that. And I, I really think he's, he's improved. And I, him and Cash, especially, I, I, I mean, I think we all rave about kind of Dax a bit more over yeah. Cash, but I thought Cash stood out in this match. Uh, the near falls were just fantastic. Yeah, um, I I would totally love a rematch down the line, uh, but it's it is kind of curious. It makes you think that maybe you know January fourth could be the like New Japan titles going away from FTR. Right. It, it, the AAA, when's the next Triple Mania? We, we have like 10 a year. Yeah, yeah, they're probably doing another But do you see maybe them losing all these titles before eventually winning the AEW tag Right, titles? yeah, that's probably the story now. Or, you know, if you uh, go on the internet, people are like, well, that's it. They lost the Ring of Honor titles. They're going back to WWE. That's- I, I feel Tony Khan also maybe has a weird thing about not having his champions lose whilst they're champions elsewhere. So, like... Yeah, he's like, well, I can't. If they've got to drop these eventually, so if I have them drop them before their AEW tag champion, I'm trying to remember what happened with Kenny when he had like every title. Did he lose the impact? Oh, he lost impact. He lost Christian. impact to Christian, uh, and then AAA. He lost to uh, like Kingo, like or did he it? just give the title away? Maybe it was, was it stripped. Yeah, I think it was something? stripped or something. So because he was injured, right? Yeah. I so think. there's di- there is different ways you go about it. I feel like once you have all of them, it's really hard to then do stories to give the titles to other people right so it it is tough but them being now losing the ring of honor titles they have the iwgp which yeah i'd probably assume they give to aussie open Open, january 4th uh which leaves them with the triple a they could lose those to any team in in triple a and then win the aw titles or so river revolution i guess uh, acclaimed FTR two, sure, maybe, yeah, that would be fantastic, and let FT- let the acclaimed have this run. They prove the wrestling hits for me. Uh, the characters, obviously, the, the the catchphrases and the scissors is all fun and games, but the wrestling really hit for me this week. That I now can totally see them as the tag team in AEW. Like any other week, this would probably be my match of the week. But there, there were some really strong contenders this week. Yeah, uh, what like is there is there any merit with with these guys like like taking a break FTR like people are saying well maybe Dax wants to try to be a, a solo star considering the year he's had but I really don't think that's the case I think they will always stay a unit I, I think they'll be a unit and I think they'll let Dax just I, I, I get a feeling Dax is maybe a Brian Danielson mentality where he's like I just want to wrestle I, like I don't wrestling. really care I think the tag team they want to get tag team over tag team wrestling over I think then they may be a bit more protective but I think in the meantime if Dax can be like, ah, I just want a, a fun match with Daniel Garcia this week. He'll right. do that. Yeah. Um, another fun match we had on AEW this week was Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen. Yeah, or the Hulk versus Loki, <laughs> as I saw this. This was just Joe 
beating the shit out of Darby Allen. I mean, Hulk smash, literally. Uh, this was a car crash of a match, and I loved it. I think this was Samoa Joe's best work since coming to AEW. I think so. And how crazy that they wanted me to pay to see Joe versus Juice, a match I really didn't want to watch. But I got the dream match of Joe versus Darby for free on TV. Bizarre. Both matches had absolutely no build, as far as I'm yeah. aware. Uh, Juice Robinson kind of, like, in ROH, was, wasn't wearing any of his Bullet Club gear or anything like that. But last time we saw him was a heel yeah. against a, a newly turned Samoa Joe heel for a title that we don't really need right now. Yeah, don't even get us started about the TV oh, title yet. But yeah. But, but yeah, like, Joe Darby, that to me is a a uh, pay-per-view quality match that you could do with a a real build. You know, just Joe putting out Derby with a coquina clutch at any opportunity, taking out Sting, really heated feud for the title that was Derby's title. Like, Derby really helped establish this uh, TNT title. Absolutely, he did. The match was fantastic, and I I agree with you. Definitely Joe's best AEW match. Derby, like... Going extra Derby this week with some of those fucking bumps. Like, like the the fact that Joe, everyone knows the Joe bit where he walks off and then the guy eats shit. But like Darby just running full steam cannonball t- tope to no one was incredible. I've watched that clip back like fifty times this week. It is gnarly to say the least. But yeah, there was like I'm happy it happened and mm. I'm it was awesome. These two are great. Samoa Joe was one of my favorites back in the day. And I feel like the past few years, especially since the Poncho era, he's just the guy who's hap- like a helping hand. But finally kind of seeing him come into his own, I-, I think just being a heel is better for him. He's just that much better. People always sleep on the fact that Joe is one of the best talkers as well. And him as a heel definitely is a- is going to waste I, if he's not I cutting think promos. allows, now he's like slow down a bit. Yeah. It suits his style way more. Whereas Joe, like Joe has always been an athletic big man. So as a baby face, you want to see him get those fast strikes those enziguris yeah. those uh tope suicidas as more of a heel who can have a bit more of a plodding bullying style it works a lot better I, at this stage i love this match he was just him throwing darby around and like that's what darby's good at like you mentioned like the whole he could have beat up sting like there's history with joe and sting they've had pay-per-view main events fighting each other like there could have been a whole storyline getting people really into this match. Hey, the match still happened, and it was great, but it was weird that then they tried to make me pay money to see Joe versus for Juice. For a match. For which, you know, unfortunately, I didn't think too much about that match or didn't really care to watch it in the first place. I, for me, the only thing that really put ROH, like, to buy it was the FTR Briscoes Dark Collar edition. Claudio Jericho, for sure. That that has my attention, but... I. I've seen it. Yeah. Like I've, I've been to see that match. So, yeah. So the, the, the dog collar was definitely the one that took my interest, but yeah, juice and Joe was very odd, but like uh, that dynamite was, was solid. I mean, we mentioned FTR versus the acclaimed and I thought that was a really solid main event match. I could tell you what match I liked more. Cause I really loved that tag match, but Joe and Darby was something special. Cause he was just getting ragdolled. I, I feel Joe is sorry. Darby is almost in a similar position with FTR where he does get, semi-regularly featured yeah. but you're also going you should be in a bigger position for this like I feel maybe down the line I think him versus MJF for the AEW title I think that's a feud you can revisit Absolutely, MJF yeah. has that win over him um, I enjoy all of Darby's stuff but yeah I think he he needs a bit of direction and I think move as much as I love Sting 
move away from the the regular no. pay per view <gasps> Sting tag matches. Stop. No, I no, okay, okay, okay. Some... I thought you were going to say he doesn't need Sting. No, at no, all. no, 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 okay. no. No, I love it. I love them together. <laughs> but I think going back to how it it was a while ago, where you know Sting would walk out Darby for his big match, fist bump him, and walk to the back. Sure, the tag match every now and then is fun, but it seems every every pay per view it's oh we we have Sting and Darby in a a tag match which will be fun, but there's better things we can do with Darby. Darby yeah, this, this yeah. stuff has gone on a bit too long now. It's also it's like Warlo- Wardlow's challenging Joe with Juice is challenging Joe. This whole like, this whole build for uh, the final battle was Wardlow and Joe, and then week of we get Joe and Darby and. Juice Robinson. For also, whatever how reason. are you going to be Ring of Honor TV champion if you don't have Ring of Honor TV? Oh, well, we'll get to that Jeez. in a little bit. But yeah, uh, I, I, I think Darby going forward will one day become AEW world champion. I just see everything in, in him. And him getting just absolutely murdered by Samoa Joe in this match, to, to give them credit, was very entertaining. So uh, love that. If we're on the topic of last this week's Dynamite, other things that really stood out to me was... Uh, we, we've, we'll we're get going, to AEW. Okay, so, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah, for sure. Um, next up is, uh, if you're listening to this, I'm already dead. William Regal's, <laughs> William Regal's third exit from AEW Fair. in three weeks. Yeah, that was something that happened on that show. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this was the, the scream to Jamie Kennedy spot. They're like, oh, we already killed him in the last movie, but we need him to explain everything, <laughs> retcon everything. Okay, quickly... He recorded a video <laughs> from beyond the grave. You've done this, right? You have a will waiting for you when you died to explain. I, lo- I love Braden. it. And if you're listening to this, this was two weeks ago. This was recorded two weeks ago. Wink, wink. Something happened to you me. You can see, you can see like uh, Regal's like box of stuff from his office. He's already cleared out. He's like, they're like, oh, Steve, before you go, can you just record this? It's like Triple H is there thing. in the car waiting. Like, come on, babe. Tony Khan being listening to all the podcasts where everyone's going, okay, cool. So he helped MJF, but why? And he's like, shit, we need to record this thing. Uh, I, I found it hilarious. I I appreciate AEW, Tony Khan, trying to sometimes, yeah. fuck, I haven't crossed that T and dotted that I. Um, it, it kind of... I I kind of see it as working. It was funny because we've already had Moxley banish him. That was, we're like, oh, are we going to see him again? We saw MJF kill him and now this. But I kind of like it. I kind of like that he's still, you know, I'm BCC for life. Yeah. And I did it because I needed to teach you one more lesson, John. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, look, I, I love the fact that he, he easily, because he's also been very vocal on Twitter and posting some some lovely messages and photos, basically saying the same thing. Like, oh, I love these guys, like, regardless of how yeah. I left. But it's it's kind of unfortunate. It's like, I, I was someone who loved the exit of Regal. Like, when MJF punched him mm-hmm. and knocked him out, it was... Uh, poetry, really. I loved the the promo weeks ago where Regal turned his back to him, like, "Yeah, hit me, bitch. Let's mm. go." And MJF couldn't do it. Fast forward, Regal is like, "Well, I know I've served my purpose here. Boom, nailed in the back of the head. You're gone." It's something Wasted. where we wouldn't have needed this this week if there was just some sort of little explanation. Like the way I took it with Regal helping MJF was, look, Regal's position in WWE for years was, you know, finding new talent, making new stars. Yeah. And that's like, my job is done. Like, Moxley is a star. Danielson is a star. I'm now making, I'm anointing you the next star, Max. Right. I, I kind of got it, but it was it was done in such a funny way. 
But I mean, well, William, William Regal now is is going to go back to WWE. Yeah. There's the talks that he's not allowed to be an on-screen character for one year. So, I mean, if you've watched NXT, you know his son is in WWE. We will potentially see the new Combat Club with Regal and his actual kid, uh, Charlie Dempsey, like in some sort of on-air thing. I would imagine. However, you you're this guy William Regal was just working in, in AEW with. Tony Khan with all these wrestlers. I imagine William Regal was not doing kind of his normal scouting production thing. I'm sure he helped with that. that I don't kind think of stuff. he had any. He didn't yeah. have any official office. Yeah, exactly. He seemed like it was just an on-screen kind of thing, uh, talking, you know, little love notes to the man in the mask. Which I imagine, and it sounds like there was like a pickup option in his contract or whatever. I imagine he was like, no, I don't want any responsibilities because yeah. one day I'm, I'm probably going to go back. That's my kid to my job. But you know, now he's got all these. AEW secrets that he can <laughs> let Triple H know. And I mean, I'm sure Cody's given a few pointers to some people over there like, oh, they do this over there. <laughs> what? Can I call bullshit though? What? Like, as as much as I'm sure it'll be nice Regal being with his kid, from that Tony Khan presser, right. it sounded like that was the thing that got him. It's like, my son. Tony, I just want to be with my, with my son. I just want to be with my It's friends. like, sorry, you're not telling me Uncle Paul texted him and was like, Hey, do you just want your job back? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, my son. Sorry, but any other industry, like, I don't want my dad coming to my work. <laughs> yeah, know? It's fair like, enough. it's every, this obsession in wrestling of, oh, we got to, oh, they, they got to work with their wife. They got to work with their dad. Why? Fair. <laughs> Why? Most people go out on their own. I think this, it was a, a bit of maybe an uh, emotional heartstrings thing to get Tony to be all right. But he's totally just going back to his old job. William right? Regal's going back to his old job with a new black book of everyone who's been nice to him in AEW. Yeah, like, 100%. hey, in two years, hit me up if you're not happy with Wheeler. Tony. <laughs> yeah, hey, you want a job? You want to be WWE champion? Come work with me because you already know I got this stuff. William Regal definitely uh, working slide. But hey, maybe he didn't, you know, like the the job he was he was given. I thought he did a fantastic job of being on air. We do retro NXT reviews on our Patreon and he's a highlight when he's on commentary and mm-hmm. any we're in the we're in we're, where we are now is he's in the feud with Cesaro where he's going to have his last match and it's like his his mic work and character work is always top tier. You I I think he had a fun time in AEW as well. Yeah. You can hear in his voice in those What's next shows we do. So if you are new to us, we, we cover old NXT on our Patreon. Yeah. But you can hear when he's disengaged, you know, with certain things, when he's just in a bit of a mood. Yeah. Tony Dawson's pissing him off. The in-ring work isn't that good. And you can tell when he's really, like when he's calling a Sami Zayn match or a Cesaro match where he gets really into it. And he's sounded into it this whole time yeah. in AEW. Like, we always joke that NXT was developmental for AEW because look at all the stars that jumped over, like yeah. your Adam Coles and Keith Lees and all that stuff. But in a year to two years, AEW was it's developmental because do you think Daniel Bryan is going on his word saying, well, after this contract, I'm done wrestling? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're going back with William Regal to face William Regal's kid. <laughs> like, I, I see Daniel Bryan... Ending his career in WWE and the fact that William Regal's already jumped ship back is kind of solidifying that that will actually happen. I think I just think this guy's not retiring after the next year or two. After this, he says after Bri- this. Brian Danielson's retiring. Brian Danielson. Wrestling. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's returning to I'm sports back, entertainment. Baby. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely see that happening. And hey, maybe that's that's cool. That's for the better. But William Regal kind of going back that way. The retconning of the video was kind of not needed. I think you could have, 
I think if you were smart, maybe they were they were put in this position because they didn't know mm-hmm. exactly what was going to happen. But if it, if it was like a perfect world, you would have had him the week before the turn basically be like. Mox, I can't wait for you to, you know, beat MJF. But then, like, signaling, like, wait a second, what's going on? You know, I I wish they went a step further with this. I wish they kind of found, like, William Regal's last will and testament, and there's an envelope with an old videotape, and you see Mox and the BCC go around an old VHS player. This this video's grainy of him with Tony uh, Schiavone and giving this explanation. Just make it even cheesier. Yeah. William Regal hanging out with his lizards. <laughs> yeah. Talking. Yeah, it was very from beyond the grave this week. And it, it, I didn't buy it. And then it cut to the BCC who in the ring who were supposed to be like, oh, Mox is just like, this is dumb. <laughs> Mox's like, I don't care. I want to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there was uh, quite a bit else on AEW uh, this week. Yeah. I mean, AEW, I thought Dynamite was a solid show, whether it be uh, the, the matches that we talked about. But MJF and Ricky Starks. I mean, MJF, the the wizard on the stick, really, when it comes to promos, he's untouched. But Ricky Starks giving him a run for his money, just going at him there, just Mm. ripping him to shreds, saying, I'm going to take this title. Um, I thought before this promo that this match really didn't have much heat. And in a flip of a hat, I was like, oh, you guys sold me on this match. Ricky, I can't wait to see you face MJF next week. Yeah, I, I thought Ricky Starks had the, the promo of his life. And he's a good promo. Yeah. Like, we've enjoyed his work before. For sure. Um, but you're against, a, a, like, red-hot MJF right now, who is full heel villain mode, but the crowd love him, which is super hard for a babyface, especially a babyface who hasn't been perceived in this main event role up until now. I think Starks did a really great job of, like, winning this crowd over and and i think his test is going to be the match i i personally like ricky starks in ring work but i don't think anyone buys him as a top guy yet yeah no one buys him winning this match but if he can capture that same sort of magic that the acclaim did against swerve in our glory in that first match which i think there i i was going ah i like the acclaim but they they they're not at yeah. this level yet yeah yeah and they won people over i think starks needs to have the match of his life I tend to find MJF matches I enjoy more tend to be the ones against the the like slightly smaller, quicker guys, like a Jungle Boy, like a Darby Allen, like a Sammy Guevara. So I think this match could really deliver. And it's the follow-up with Starks, how you are going to keep him, like try and keep him in this upper echelon. Because I, I really like that they're trying to promote some guys within the company, not just relying on their big stars. But it's going to take time before we fully buy this. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, as much as uh, people love to look at, like, ratings and TV and all this stuff of of AEW, and especially since the punk thing, like, the punk brawl-out presser, like, brought a lot of publicity, good and bad, to AEW, and ratings were, like, higher because people were interested in seeing where they're going, and then now that's kind of fizzled, and people realize punk isn't here, so... Part of me likes the fact that AEW has now been trying to focus on that. Like since since the Punk stuff, they've turned their biggest star to their champion. Mm. They've done the right things. They've turned the acclaimed, you know, into pretty big stars. They're champions. Ricky Starks was just some guy that they've now heated up and made feel like a big like star really quickly. And I think uh, as much people give shit, and I, you know, I'm just thinking of certain friends who are like, "Oh, Punk's gone. I'm not watching that show anymore." Mm. Where it's like. Yeah, but since Punk's gone, look at the focus on the homegrown talent, and it's 
been pretty good. Yeah. So, like, actually, you know, hearing people go, yeah, well, that's not going to put butts in seats and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but it's it's good TV to me at least. So I, I it makes me more in, in, into it than than just going, hey, punks wrestling tonight or whatever. And that's but, the idea. You want to make stars. Yeah. You want to have as many stars as possible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I'm I think it's the right time. I think Ricky Starks was actually building quite a nice little surge of support over the last few months. And why not? Don't see him winning this, but if. If you can get that near four, we bite on. You've done your job well, and and then you can have maybe Ricky like go for a like a TNT title shot, or or just feud with other more more of your main event guys. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, MJF's having a, a pretty pretty big week too. He was at the UFC fight last night in in support of Patty not winning. Patty the Batty, even though Patty the Batty won by decision, which it seems a lot of people disagree with so mjf not the only uh fixed fighter in this feud uh, <laughs> it seems so yeah pretty uh, interesting i didn't watch the fight but seeing a lot of uh people posting some things like "Ooh," considering the fact this week ontario canada banned betting on ufc due to suspicious mm. integrity of the sport and then now people saying well this is a fixed fight hmm interesting yeah yeah, I didn't see the fight. I didn't see I, it either. I wouldn't know how to score a fight yeah, either, but like, yeah, yeah. How I a lot score of people a fight, seem to be like, huh. I'll tell you how I score a fight. I listened to John Pollock score a fight, and I agree, <laughs> and I agree. with what he said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, or Eric Marcotte. He knows both, his stuff, too. And stuff. I think they both uh, did not score it for Patty. So Interesting. Therefore, it's a scam. It's mm. fixed. It's fake. It's not real. So MJF needs to, what, team up with Ariel Hawani and Paddy the Baddy needs to find a, a tag partner. Yeah. Dana White, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering they showed MJF on screen uh, with the title. And stuff, with the it's kind of weird he brought the title to the, to the fight, but all right, you know, pretty cool. Uh, I thought that was pretty pretty nice. And maybe you'll get some... It's. I feel like it must be so hard to try to get... UFC fans to watch wrestling because mm. there's such that like ah it's fake blah 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 blah, blah like all that kind of thing macho ness but yeah. it's like once you just check out and watch this you're gonna realize it's more real than <laughs> some of the other stuff you've been watching uh, and last last bit from stars who definitely broke out something that also came to mind from Dynamite was yeah Ricky Starks cut this great promo but AEW Women's Champ Jamie Hader also cut a promo and considering she's the champ. I went, wow, I haven't really heard her talk all that much, considering Britt's pretty mm. much the mouthpiece in the group. But I thought she stood out as uh, a real star as well. What I liked is I really liked her uh, press conference after Full Gear. I thought she sounded very natural. And and she kind of had this in this interview with Tony here as well. Uh, I thought she sounded great. Teasing this this tag partner for quite a way away. This isn't... This isn't like a one-week tease of next week you've got to find a tag partner. This is all the way, what, January 11th? Yeah. The show, which does make those start the rumor mill. Okay, if, you, if you're building it that long, it's it's got to be someone of note, yeah. you would have thought. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Sheeda defended the Virginia Wade championship, whatever The it what is. championship? I'm calling it the Virginia Wade championship. I don't know, the, that, that title she won somewhere. Um, which means she's going to be the next challenger for Jamie Hayter, which I think those two can have a, a hell of a match. Virginia Wade. <laughs> the Roe v. Wade title. Yeah. Uh, I just, um, I think she's she's fantastic. Ever since the crowd basically 
you they did the the Batista Wardlow thing where it's like, well, you're the the heavy for this star, but now the crowd likes you because yeah. you were doing all the bad business for the heel, and now you're kind of the baby face. Uh, the wrestling is hit for me, and her talking the other day, I'm like, oh yeah, she's British, oh yeah, because she barely talks, even though she's the champion. So I thought that finally getting a little interview from her did the right trick, and going forward, uh, there's a lot of big matchups she could have. You, would you think uh, Revolution is Brit? I guess, yeah. I, I I could see maybe a Soraya match at some point as well, um, but yeah, I'm I'm into Jamie. I th- I think we need to start treating her a bit more as a as a champion. I don't things like this was good for it. Yeah, I don't want Soraya beating her for the title. Me neither. Uh, as I hope AEW wouldn't fall into that trap of doing that. But did you catch any of Rampage? I know we we swore off Rampage, but TK got us again and said he's gonna put some attention behind it after some terrible ratings. I'm not going to lie. I watched it, and then they opened the show with Moxley and Takeshita, yeah. which then I watched that and did not watch the rest of the show. Yeah, so I, I I did go to sleep after that. So I, I did think Moxley and Takeshita was an absolute must-watch show. That was a crazy match. There was blood. There was pile drivers. There was crazy kickouts. Kick out on one Ooh. from the Death Rider. Yo, not even the Paradigm Shift. The Death Rider. Yeah. The match was awesome. Takeshita is awesome, man. The wrestling is hitting for me. The way he shows emotion, the way he sells everything, he's got it down pat. And he loves cinnamon buns. Like, just give this guy the the, the world title in five years for sure. And Don Callis has been scouting, scouting him, him. So could be an addition to the Elite, perhaps, which I, I think would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you think Takeshita versus Kenny, mm. which sounds great. But then also, like, them teaming with him yep. in multi-man kind mm-hmm. of matches – uh, I think that would be a, a fresh way. I think people would groan at the fact that you're just instantly putting Takeshita with like a group or something. But in a way, I think... It's an endorsement, though. Yeah. I think they've kind of established with some of these factions that like that, that endorsement helps. Yeah. Um, and then we can start having more stories with him rather than just the... Great match. Every time it's like, oh, that match sounds cool. Uh, yeah. I I love this match. Mox, what did he get hit by a sling blade or something in PNP? He, he was, was bleeding, bleeding like two minutes in. Yeah. Um, the main event also had Orange Cassidy against a surprise Trent Seven. Wow, which was a pretty good match. Trent Seven is a a good wrestler. I I found it quite. He was doing like a lot of comedy. Seemed like his presentation seemed to be a bit of a babyface Trent. You know, the doing the mustache, mustache. pose. He's smiling when he's coming out. But he's also positioned where he's Kip Sabian's kind of tag partner. And they do a beat down on Orange at the end. So I found it a bit murky of what his character is going to be. Um, I I enjoyed the match. I don't think we necessarily need a Trent Seven in AEW right now. Well, they got to get some UK stars for their... Their yeah, travel over the over the pond in a few months down in 2023. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I forgot that Trent Seven was uh, like released out from, and about. Yeah, yeah, just kind of there. Uh, I'd say he's he's one of the lucky ones in wrestling that he can still show up here in an AEW. But I, I always liked uh, seeing some of his work in in you know progress before WWE NXT UK and stuff. So I'm sure he's a good hand to to kind of help out some guys. But uh, yeah, it's definitely not like a a head turner or a ratings bump if you're just p- promoting you didn't promote him actually he was a surprise right yeah. so i mean it's it's cool I, I i always thought his wrestling was pretty cool yeah. i like his seven star lariat but uh the the talk of rampage just because i only watched that opening mm. match is man to catch is great and please book book him uh, properly in the next few years but so good i i could see him being a champion for sure 
Well, yesterday, obviously, we had NXT Deadline, which we talked about on the post-wrestling YouTube and podcast channel. So go and check our full review of that. I yeah. think both of us kind of pleasantly surprised with the show. Absolutely. The Iron Survivor matches specifically were fantastic. Specifically, the men's one really mm. stood out as a possible match of the year candidate. Wouldn't be upset if anyone's was like, oh, that one definitely hit. Uh, I would I would say go check out that uh, that match if you haven't already. But the whole review on the post-wrestling feed, go check that out. On their YouTube, we invaded their YouTube. Like invaded. YouTube. We've got two homes now. Two. Yeah, I'm like a, like a Tory politician with... We imagine we're like one morning, John Pollock's waking up and he sees us in his kitchen making him coffee. Like, John, Hi John, just here for the show. Yeah, yeah, we're just, we're just on your feed. But that wasn't all the wrestling we had yesterday. We did have, as we mentioned earlier, the Ring of Honor final battle pay per view. Um, with, I mean, where should we dive in first? I think FTR talk, right? Yeah, FTR for sure. That was the match of the show for me. Uh, I think a lot of people, definitely a match of the year candidate as well. Part three of the trilogy. When did they their last three. fight? Last year, right? I think they had one in like the summer and one was final battle last year. Interesting. Okay, so this is the third time these two teams have And FTR have having the dates of like the first match and the second right. match, I believe, on there. So it's FTR. I, I wasn't... I, FTR loses clean on Wednesday and then the guns, the ass boys basically challenged for the Briscoes, which I didn't like. Hey, our friends, the Briscoes can't come on TV. They're not so allowed on TV. Do you want to fight them and wear a dog collar? Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, uh, cool, kind of cool. weird. Uh, I thought that just... Them. I, I'm sure there's reasons that they're not allowed to be, but oh, like, I think I think Tony Khan absolutely wants the Briscoes on TV. Yeah, uh, just unfortunately not right now. Uh, it's not like they're showing up waving their Confederate flags and all this stuff. I think they're cha- like, <sighs> like there are other problematic people we see on TV quite regularly. I think I mean it's I I think the Briscoes seem quite genuine from things you've heard from other people in the industry and stuff that yeah. they seem to be genuinely apologetic and have kind of grown as people yeah. since what was it 2014 these comments absolutely uh, just the way they presented themselves on social media basically being like hey that was a long time ago and we've kind of changed and i'm sure pe- some people will be like that's just them trying to save face and all this stuff uh well i'm watching wrestling and they're wrestlers and they're not they're promoting a match that you're supposed to pay money to see but they're not allowed to promote it on the tv yeah. show it's just a little weird, it's weird but uh yeah but again like match of the year candidate Absolutely. right in the last minute here these dog collar matches i think i know this is the roh show but have become like in my mind like the ultimate match in AEW. sure you know like it's guaranteed violence drama they found a way to like that I, like the chain's pretty long, so they can still do a lot of their their like uh, good wrestling. But what I loved here with the tag format of it is you had people like yanking someone off a pin with the chain yeah. or holding them back, like so they weren't able to break up a pin. Right, like strategically using this chain. That moment where was it? Uh, was it Mark got dragged off the off the turnbuckle with the chain, just taking a flat back bump on the chairs chairs on the floor. The violence just like the violence was there. And I think the last few matches have been violent, but they took it up a notch here. I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, this was a brilliant match. Uh, Violence in wrestling is good once in a while. I need to see blood once in a while. There was blood, I think like 30 seconds into this match when the bell rung, they started fighting ringside and everyone was bleeding instantly. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's not always something I need in my wrestling, but when it comes to these two and the last two matches they've had, absolutely, it's the time and place to do it. And yeah, the the, the fact that it's 
double. So it's both guys now. Like each opponent is tied to one of the guys, and it just sounds like I want to watch this. And I was so excited to watch this, just and the, it delivered. The for visual sure. of it as well. Obviously, the the Briscoes are quite like grimy, yeah. like the dirty. They've got the beards. Damn boys. Like the, it just felt like you know four men. Yeah. Having a real fight. And even the chain, the chain looked kind of like rusty and you saw it covered in the blood and stuff. I love the sound the chain makes when they pull it, like the clinking sound. There was but... a moment where uh, Dax, FTR Bald, tried to do a diving headbutt wrap With the chain? chain, yeah. And it was just, the longer it was going, you, we're watching, oh, just hold it. Just, just jump. Just hold it. It's not, you've got no hair. You've got nothing to keep this chain up on your head with. Yeah. Uh, shout out, bald people! I, I love uh, I love this match. I love the fact that um, the Briscoes won. Surprising. I I mean, are you surprised with that? I mean, yeah, because you're telling me that Ring of Honor is uh, gonna have a TV show, and these guys aren't allowed to be on TV. So they win the titles. It's kind of weird. So well, again, kind of back to it's the FTR. Not going to be on TV. Yeah, exactly. And that, <laughs> it, it's the same with with the the next match as well. I wonder had they have got a TV station, whether you'd have kept this on FTR. You'd have kept the title on Jericho right. because they're your bigger star, your bigger name. Briscoes obviously can't be on TV, but with this honor club deal that we'll get into, maybe that's a way to put it on. But yeah, maybe they're they're telling kind of the the downfall story of FTR before they have their big, uh, big comeback for the AEW championship. Yeah. I'm, which they've got to win us. Yeah. They have to win it, them. It back. would be a travesty if they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I hope a, I hope there's no merit to any of the rumors of FTR splitting up or leaving, uh, AEW for that matter. I, I want to see them continue to wrestle the way they've been wrestling. I want to see them featured more obviously, but this match, uh, delivered. I don't know if I liked this one more than the, the other two, I I would have to rewatch all three in a row, really. To it, kind it's of, definitely one I I yeah. need to rewatch all three, and we'll be doing our um our best of the year list soon. And definitely, these are going to be showing up on that list. Yeah, every end of the year uh, we've been doing for the past few years, we do a show called Best Match Ever, where we take a list of the best matches and get our listeners to kind of help compile and vote and all this stuff. And I could see this one definitely ending up in the top 10, I think, yeah. uh, I would assume. I don't know if I liked it more than the other ones, but man, it was violent. It was great. All four just... I, and Briscoe's 13 time, wow. I think, Ring of Honor, because they weren't allowed to go anywhere else. anywhere else. Really. But yeah, this was awesome. This definitely worth, definitely worth watching the, the show 100%. for this match. Absolutely. And the show is main evented by Chris Jericho losing the Ring of Honor title to Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, I... Uh, I I think it was it makes sense like Jericho the run was pretty fun but all right where do we go with this the stip was if Claudio loses he has to join Jericho mm. which could have been a lot of fun with him and Hager and stuff like that but uh in the end I, I I think Jericho's had one hell of a year he's just been like re he's the king of reinvention but he reinvented himself this year as like a really good wrestler and a lot of his dance partners are really good wrestlers so I it just really worked for me uh, but this one reminded me of the pay-per-view match with Danielson, which I did not like. Mm. I love the rematch on TV and the rematch after that and stuff. But this one felt like the crowd were burnt out from the Briscoes match. The crowd were then burnt from watching Joe versus Juice for reasons. I felt they weren't super invested into this match. And I myself felt the same way watching at home. There were certain parts I definitely got into, but I just... I'm. I might be on my own. I'm fatigued with the Ring of Honor stuff. I don't really want to keep seeing this on AEW programming. It seems they're going to be shifting away from it. 
thankfully. Uh, so I just don't care who's Ring of Honor champ, pure champ, this champ. I just, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely over that. So I just, some of the wrestling was really good, and Jericho has had hell of a year. I just don't think this was a match that everyone will be talking about in a week. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I think fatigue from a lot of things. Uh, Tony Khan has indicated that um, that like this kind of the end of ROH on AEW. So it's I think Jericho's one of your top guys. It's like okay, we can stop using you here. Let's have yeah. you in in other like new, brand new, fresh programs on AEW as a top guy. Uh, this this JAS Blackpool Combat Club feud has just gone on forever. So the the match didn't feel fresh. I love Claudio as a wrestler, but there is still, I don't quite have that emotional connection. And I think part of that is because this is for a lesser title. This is for the ROH title. This isn't, I don't, like they're building this as Claudio's like first world title, but mm, it's not, Yeah, you know? Like, if this was him beating Jericho for the AEW title, I think people would be like, finally, Claudio getting his flowers. Exactly. But he's winning this title for a promotion that has just been in the ether for the last... Been chilling. Yeah, you know? Like, it's... uh, And it's going to be on a... Like, a subscription service moving forward. So, it doesn't feel like that huge win for Claudio. We've seen him hold this title before. I thought the match was fine. I really enjoyed the finish. Yeah. The, the tap to the swing. I thought that was so unique. And yeah, just like yeah. the idea that Claudio is just going to keep on going. He's like, I'm not letting you go until you tap. I almost I thought that was so good. Yeah. I, I'd never seen that before. And I thought that was pretty unique because he was going. He was spinning and spinning and going. He even like and sped going. up during it. Like you thought he was. Jericho's bigger. Yeah. On the heavier side these days. and Very impressive that he could do mm. that, but very unique finish with him tapping out. Like, no, I can't do this anymore. I need to tap out. Uh, going forward, um, it would be cool that Ring of Honor will have its own show and kind of, again, like disassociate from just taking over AEW TV every week. It's like, yeah, I want to watch AEW. If I wanted to watch Ring of Honor, maybe it would have still been a company before so, all this. Do we have Claudio? Like, is he is he not going to be on AEW yeah, anymore? True. Obviously, Joe has, like, both titles, so he will be represented on AEW. Yeah. Um, I I imagine you're going to still see Claudio on, on AEW TV. I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I am kind of burnt out with this whole, whole thing. I will say other stuff from this show was really good. Uh, I don't care about the pure title. I think that's a title that needs to go away very quickly soon uh wheeler yuda daniel garcia every time these two guys fight they are they are magic they're definitely destined to do this forever uh i loved this match but i think i preferred uh selfishly we are at the buffalo show where he beat yuda and i think i liked that one a bit more felt a bit more special but this one's still very aggressive very technical between the two and i call me crazy i just eventually want to see the day where yuda and garcia can get along again and be friends and wrestle and stretch out other people together i wonder if something because been thinking the whole time oh are they doing are they going to unify these titles garcia and jericho you could have something along that line with yuta and claudio with more like a respect angle like competing within the bcc and the BCC is dead. Stop yeah. it. Just cut it out. Uh, no, it's forever. That's what Gum in your hair, boy. Said. Cut it um, out. Yeah, I I wonder. I, I enjoyed the rest of the show, but definitely the, the Briscoes match stood out to me. And uh, yeah, I definitely felt fatigued during like the Samoa Joe match. 
with there, juice. To be fair, like there was other, some other good wrestling. Like uh, Blake Christian, AR Fox uh, were pretty impressive. Blake Christian is someone I'm like, once you beef up, like you could be a, yeah. a bigger deal, I think, in, in wrestling. Uh, Athena won the Ring of Honor World, Women's t- uh, title, which I'm like, okay, like at least going forward, like you're a bigger, a bigger name, mm. no knock to Mer- Mer- Mercedes, but like at least going forward with this new aggressive Athena, that's cool. But don't ever, for the love of God, put a googly eye on your forehead as you're a heel winning a world it's, title. It's the same thing. I, I, I'm happy with the like refresh of Athena, Ember Moon getting this heel streak, but then you do dumb shit like put glitter all over your face. Like you went to the dollar store. It, it looked like she was in like, like a, like a kindergarten. Arts and crafts. And they've just like stuck this. She got glitter bombed and, oh. and stuck with, like we've all been there with putting googly eyes on everything. Am I alone just going around putting googly eyes? Like she felt like it was, you got glitter spray, glitter bombed and then goes out to win a title. It was really good weird. match. I, I think like this, this aggressive streak really works for her, but yeah. still like there's, there's certain things that when I watch her, I'm like, oh, why yeah. are you doing that? It takes, it takes me out. Um, there was Shane Taylor promotions going up against Swerve in Our Glory, and they've broken up again, <laughs> finally. For the this time, it was Swerve walking out. Yeah, but Keith managed to win the- anyway. Yeah. yeah, that was cool with the history of Lee and and Shane Taylor. But yeah, again, this is a bit messy. This whole bookend with Swerve in Our Glory. What's going on? Bring back Rick Ross, right? And solve it once and for all. Uh, I I'm not gonna lie. I'm a truth teller. I fell asleep during the embassy versus the boys Dalton Castle match and then woke up as Wheeler, Yuta, Garcia were making their entrances. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep watching mm. this show at the pace we were watching. Um, but uh, there was a lot of wrestling on last night. I needed a, a break. But I feel like there was enough wrestling on this show to to warrant someone buying this pay-per-view and being like, okay, I got my money's worth. Definitely with the Yuta, Garcia, Briscoes and, and the main event match, I'd say. It's still a really solid show from from AEW Ring of Honor. I still don't know what to call it. Is it just Ring of Honor? It's not. I don't care. It's, it's, I, I'm just let's let's segue now into the huge announcement Tony Khan had to say. Yeah. So uh, Tony Khan counter programmed NXT Deadline <laughs> with a presser, and he was holding off this big announcement right until the first match started, which is. Um, Basically, they, they didn't get a TV deal. Yeah. Um, it's going to be on Honor Club for $9.99, a uh, service that already exists, has a bunch of old Ring of Honor pay-per-views and stuff like that on. Uh, but they're going to be doing their weekly TV, no start date announced yet, but weekly TV on Honor Club, um, which I think isn't what Tony Khan was looking for. You've heard in other, yeah. other presses where he's where he's been asked about maybe turning like a dark or a, or an elevation into an ROH show and having it on YouTube. And he said, he basically said, that's not something I want to do. I want to hold out and wait and get a TV deal. Um, So I think disappointing. I can't say it's necessarily something I'm going to follow. I've never followed ring of honor TV. I do dip into the pay-per-views. I think that's enough for me. I kind of feel with this new thing, being just a like subscription online thing, I can't see it something I'm gonna be invested in. Yeah, it it's it seems like it's a bit unfortunate. I think there's a lot of wrestling right now, especially since AEW, you know, being born a few years ago. It's like wow, there's an alternative. Yeah, fast forward these three years, there's 
lots of alternatives. There's New Japan, there's Stardom, there's this, there's that. Your indie, your local indie fed probably streams on like IWTV and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there is never enough time to watch all the wrestling mm-hmm. in the world these days. And when he bought Ring of Honor, that was my first thought. Like, ooh, is this the right move? It's the right move because you own the library. So one day when you go, hey guys, AEW streaming services, AEW Plus, subscribe now and you get access to anything in Ring of Honor history. It's not that. If you if you made it AEW and Ring of Honor, I think that would have had people a bit more positive. But that's that's dealing with Turner. You know, Turner, yeah. it's not AEW who owns this stuff. It's it's Turner exactly who owns it. So whereas Tony Khan flat out owns Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's where that see that's that's where I'm like, ooh, okay, so now you want me to pay this service to watch a weekly web show, but the plus is I get access to everything already hap- that happened in Ring of Honor. Yeah. All the years of those people buying DVDs and best of stuff. You don't need that anymore because we have it all for you on they Honor need to Club. Curate it better though because there's a lot still not on there. Yeah. Um I think it, it's what's interesting is it shows that like how many TV stations are out there? How much ridiculous TV is on there? And people are still nervous about buying a wrestling show. Yeah. Like WWE is a proven commodity at that point. That's that's fine. Um, but then take the likes of Impact. They what? They pretty much own the network they're on. So like that. That's how they survive. Yeah, no one watches that anymore. Then there's nothing really, uh, nothing really else on TV. AEW, like, it, it makes it more impressive that AEW were able to get that that big Turner deal. But the fact that not even a, a small TV station is interested, it kind of says a lot still about the perception of pro wrestling. Meanwhile, like, meanwhile, I watch Women of Wrestling on CBS affiliates every week. Nice, and they're fantastic. Uh, yeah. Not something I'm going to be interested in. I think my my tune would change if he said, I know AEW has only been around for three years, but like if you made that available to streaming services, because as someone who loves to talk about wrestling, watches wrestling, I'm all about wrestling. You know, we do podcasts about it. I can't tell you how many times friends or, or my younger brother will message me, how do I watch this? Mm-hmm. I can't figure out how to watch this. I missed it live. What's my options? Your options is get fucked. You're not watching AEW if you miss it live or you're watching it on illegal websites, which you still like this doesn't change anything. Cool. I can't watch Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson from last year, but good thing I can watch Shane Taylor promotions from 2018 versus mm. the the Bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like it's just weird that he's getting excited to tell us that it's not on TV. Well, you've got to spin it. You're not going to yeah. go around and be like, "Ah, eh, it sucks, but this is what it is. It's definitely, I mean, I think wrestling is very much cherry picking these days anyway. And I'm sure the diehards that watch everything are going to watch this show. I think for, for myself, it's going to be more like, Oh, this match had buzz this week. Like, like an impact this week had the like hour long match between Josh Alexander and uh, Mike Bailey, which was fantastic. Like very, very strong match. I, I'm not at the point where I have time to watch Impact every week, even though I know I'm going to go and see quality wrestling right. on there. It's going to take something like a Alexander Speedball 
to make me go, okay, this is getting a lot of a lot of buzz. I need to watch this yeah, one. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what ROH is going to be too. But I'll probably check out the pay-per-views regularly. Yeah, pay-per-views like, hey, once in a while to spend, you know, the 20 or 30 bucks that it costs, cool. But the, the $9.99 to just watch a weekly show that I really don't want to watch anyway. Like the, the, the past few months of Ring of Honor stuff on AEW has really affected my mm. liking of AEW. And I'm so happy that we're moving away from yeah. it because – Going to the, I don't know how many times we can bitch about that live rampage experience in <laughs> Toronto, but I felt like I was at a B Ring of Honor show where your big surprise at the end of the day is Matt Taven coming out. No disrespect to the kingdom. Who've disappeared already. Who've already, like they were on this pre-show yeah. thing with, with Adam Cole's old music. So, hey, you could okay. start the, the rumor mill there. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's already so much wrestling. Tony Khan, you're trying to tell me to watch Dynamite every week. You're trying to tell me to watch Rampage every week without really making Rampage that exciting. Mm. Once in a while, you're trying to, but you're already struggling. Like, now you're going to be focusing on this as well. Like It was interesting on Rampage. Tough, they did do an angle with Mox and Paige, uh, which is, yeah, is something we don't often see on on Rampage. Fair enough, yeah. It was more of the same. It was, oh, I'm still fighting, fight still fighting. Fighting around uh, the world today. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, it did feel a bit more beefed up this week, but still not must, must see. Yeah, like, Honor Club, I don't know what you gotta do to get people to do this. It would be interesting to see the first few months of numbers, because I, I genuinely don't think a lot of people will be as interested to follow this show week yeah. by week. Of course you have your diehards who will watch this every week by week. But like I, I used to love watching Ring of Honor week by week. An hour long show, it was great, but there is a lot more wrestling these days. You got New Japan Straws, your impact, your what all that other stuff that you can listen to John Cena on Shot in the Dark every week, fifteen minutes or less on recap. This very feed. Clearly he's got a review Ring of Honor every week now. <laughs> Well, you know he's going to. You know he will. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I wish Ring of Honor the best and stuff like that, but it definitely feels a little like, ooh, that's not really where we thought this was all going to. Uh, but last thing I forgot to mention, how great when the crowd were getting to the eight count that they chant Ocho. Ocho. Yeah. Another thing Jericho can can be like, look, I, I got over. It's, it's working. And it's funny because this this is the eighth topic as well. This is the Ocho topic. Oh, yeah? yeah. The Ocho topic. Well, there has been a lot in wrestling, uh, but not just wrestling, documentaries and stuff as well. I know you've had a chance to watch all of the Teddy Hart documentary and kind of wanted to get oh, man. thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, here in Canada, it was a little difficult to try to find this. But uh, hey, Google is your friend sometimes and you can help find things. Uh, so I found the Teddy Hart documentary and I would recommend anyone to go check it out. It, it is, it's weird. It feels like it's such a Tiger King knockoff with wrestling and cats. But uh, it is still quite interesting considering this guy's still being booked. He has like a match like in a few weeks in January. So it's, it's like, huh, when there's documentaries made about you and how shady you are, whether it be the, you know, fucking over other people or the fact that there is a missing person and people do tie it to you should be a definite factor of maybe don't book this guy. Multiple like reports of like multiple assault, assault rape allegations stealing passports and dude there is a lot of dark and shady stuff and yet like he's still being a, a focused person i thought like years ago that he was already like cast aside from the the world of wrestling and then kind of watching this documentary no he hasn't been at all he's still been wrestling he's still been doing all this stuff so i do find that's a, a bit odd 
But the documentary itself, I threw it on and I was like, oh, do I even really want to watch it? The guy who interviewed Teddy Hart, like he spent like 10 years making this and it's like, I feel for the guy. Well, yeah, it's so it, it's he didn't go in with this in mind <laughs> no. as the finished product. He was like, oh, I'm going to follow this. Like a TLC show. This young kid yeah. who's one of the hearts and a big prospect and all that. And I, he has access to everything. And in yeah. doing so, he's like, man, this guy's fucked up. I'd have been scared, like, yeah. following this guy around. Yeah. And there, there was one point, I, I haven't caught it all yet, but there was one point where it's like the the second girlfriend we see on the show. Of many, yeah. Who, of many, who, like, you see her being interviewed and saying, like, all these claims are, are bullshit, and it's just... Uh, like girls getting jealous. And I don't believe. Lies yeah, I don't and, believe these and lies. She's seen the real Teddy. You have that, and then you skip forward a bit later to a a really like like aggressive argument, and Teddy is telling him to stop the camera, and he goes, "You sorry, you told me to film everything," and Teddy Hart's like, "Okay then," and continues and threatens this woman on like, camera, threatens assaults. Ha- like, he's like, yeah. acknowledge that this camera is filming." everything yeah that's and he's going like like i'll choke you i'll beat you up like all this stuff like doesn't quite have like there are still the like like you know the memeable stuff of like the the cat juggling and that but doesn't quite have like the the weird charm that say a joe exotic has i I know you're a bad guy but man are you fascinating whereas i'm watching this go you're just fucking horrible yeah there is that like part of me wants to go oh i i hate this person and this character that this guy is but like the fact that he's a wrestler he's related to the hearts and he loves cats is pretty funny mm. but yeah comparing it to tiger king it's like joe exotic just seems like he, he messed up he, he he texted the wrong person to maybe want to put out a hit on someone that he doesn't know anything <laughs> about and for some reason is still like it's it's funny this guy is on camera threatening to put his girlfriend on camera asleep and choke her out for just talking to him like it it completely made me go this guy's bad this is not this is not good and to kind of focus on him and like pretty much give him more press is like kind of also bad but at the same time it's definitely showing me that this guy did do a lot of bad things may or may not be involved in the the outcome of this murder this missing persons but still like not a good dude i don't think it's quite caught on in the way no they hoped as well i i wonder like obviously peacock isn't it's in all over the US, but yeah. it's not everywhere. Netflix, I think people people trust these uh, these like crime docs on Netflix. Yeah, they've been you killing see, it. I mean, we we fucking threw on Harry and Meghan last night. Yeah, I don't know why. On the front page, you were of Netflix, sad about England losing. And I was like, all right, you want to be this. in your feels. But I, I think people on Netflix are way more likely to just what's this? Uh, cats and murder and wrestling. Sure, whatever. Yeah, I'll put this on. Don't fuck with Peacock, cats. I don't know if it's got that level yet. They experimented putting this, the first episode on after Raw, but also a weird lead in because there was absolutely no way, even though WWE had involvement, there's no way WWE are going to go and tune in later to, to see Bret Hart's nephew who may have murdered someone yeah. and we once employed. They ain't doing that. Yeah. So it was weird. Like you're doing this wrestling lead in, but you're not going to really promote it. It's pretty wild though. Like again, as a wrestling fan, you know, like there is that completist mentality where you want to watch kind of everything. And the documentary on Teddy kind of explaining like, yo, this guy had everything at a very young age. Like he was, he's like what signed at 16. He was mm. wrestling in WWF at 16. That is crazy. No one's done that. And then to kind of still 
here, oh, attitude problems, or he's he's being an asshole, so they fired him, and all this other stuff. Like it's it's pretty wild. Uh, the documentary, I'd say, recommend checking out, especially if you're a wrestling fan. But it is weird. It's not on the Tiger King level of like you got to see this, but still very interesting and kind of leaves you going, did he mm-hmm. have any involvement in this? Uh, but there is another doc coming up this week, which will I'm sure yeah. we got talking about next week on this show, which is the Vice. Vince McMahon documentary. Yes. Which is coming cool. out Tuesday, I believe. So we'll absolutely be covering that on, on Poison Run. Yeah, next, next week Sunday. on this show for sure. I'm definitely going to be checking that out. I've been loving anything they've been doing with like the dark side of the ring stuff. Mm-hmm. I've also been loving the Tales of the Territory, as some of the episodes I've checked out. But this Vince McMahon thing is the biggest story of wrestling like in the last years, if ever, really, with Vince. So... Definitely gonna be checking that out. I'm wondering what they'll what they'll say and what they won't say in this documentary, and who they have interviewed. I know uh, uh, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer have been are going to be featured in it, but like you're not going to see Triple H and Stephanie no, and no, Vince no. himself, right? So it's like, ooh, are they going to have like silhouetted imagery to like you know, Dark Side? They always like oh, reenact. Vince, yeah, <laughs> they're definitely going to have someone like you're fired kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's not all for those who have been. The few that have been watching Young Rock, uh, eagle-eyed viewers spotted something last week. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, talking about rumors and stuff like that. And definitely a, a feature on this show that we're going to be going forward is talking about. I love all your your wrestling rumors and predictions and stuff like that. But I don't watch Young Rock, but people on Twitter definitely do. And someone pointed out that uh, in an episode, it takes place in the future, right? Because mm. The Rock is like president or running for president and stuff like that. So in, in the, the not-so-far future, uh, on this episode, The Rock is in his office and in his like display case of you know wrestling memorabilia, his championships won, he has the blue Universal mm. Championship in his title, like set, yes. yeah, his casing, suggesting that The Rock will one day become WWE Universal Champion. They've done a tease of Roman Rock before on Young Rock, haven't yeah. they? With like a young Roman and say, oh, maybe I'll one day we'll one fight, day. but it'll be in a big stage. Yeah. Now I think from from rumors going round, there's talk of maybe if The Rock is able to do WrestleMania, yeah. it's in Hollywood, obviously. You do Cody and Roman, like, let's say night one for the WWE title and Roman v. Rock for the Universal title. What's what's kind of cool with that is if, like, I see Roman beating The Rock, but I see maybe Cody beating Roman. Okay. The Universal title is the first title Roman had in this reign. It's the long reign. So that would mean he can drop the WWE title, but his Universal title reign can still extend and be one of these epic long ones. Seven years. So you can almost get two payoffs with it. You can get like the the Cody payoff, for example, and whoever you want to take the second belt. Um, But yeah, that's that's a match that I think every year we're talking, oh, this, I mean, it's got to be The Rock. Like this whole bloodline story has got to be leading to that. But I don't know, The Rock's a busy guy. (laughs) Uh, you know, Black Adam maybe didn't do as good as he kind of wanted. I mean, it still made a, a lot of boatload money, yeah. of money, but I'm considering comparing it to like the Marvel kind of numbers, or I'm sure what Avatar will do in the next few weeks. Like, it didn't do as big. I, I didn't have really any interest to to see it. I I, I heard um, John Pollock and Wei Ting mentioned that they think Batista is the best wrestler turn actor. I 100% agree with that. I know The Rock is like 
beyond superstar levels. Like your mom and your grandma know who The Rock is. Maybe not so much Dave Batista mm-hmm. yet, but like The Rock does something a lot of people watch and a lot of people follow, including the shows and the movies and stuff like that. So he still is such a big deal. And I think going towards WrestleMania with if this if this is, you know, I'm not saying he needs to show up and win the Rumble, but Rock v. Roman in California, in Hollywood, makes a lot of sense. And if you do have Cody come back in time, win the Rumble, night one face Roman and beat him, I don't know how you could do... Like, will Roman have two matches that weekend? That seems like a bit too, like, like speculating that that would even be something that they would consider. Mm. But it does it does make you go, but wait, there's Cody, there's... Uh, is do we wait on Cody? Because like he's coming back from an injury, you could you could be the, ch- the 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 cheap, but still getting a lot of people's attention is Cody v Seth again, mm-hmm. like one more time at WrestleMania again to kind of really end that feud and then go forward. But like it's there for the taking. What's weird with that though is yeah, Seth took out Cody, but now Seth is kind of baby moving babyface, yeah. so it would be weird to go to. But there does feel like there's that untied thread. Uh, Frank in the chat is saying, I don't think it's an Easter egg necessarily. They just got whatever they could find for props. I mean, the same episode, um, Rock was playing WrestleFest in the late 90s, and that wasn't out. So maybe it's just a, a lazy prop department. They were like, oh, WWE title? Yeah, put it here. But I know that they have dropped little ones. Like yeah, the fact have. that they had Roman as a baby, like on his lap, saying, like, we're going to fight at WrestleMania in one episode is like, they're definitely trying to purposely, like, you know, little Easter eggs and stuff. Maybe The Rock isn't coming back at all. And we're all just like trying to manifest this. I, I wouldn't really necessarily care. I still just want to see Cody versus Roman, I think, is the main story. Rock Roman is something like I think for me, I like I love quality wrestling, but I do get into spectacle as well. And yeah. Rock Roman is something that I think match would be fine. Yeah. It's not going to be the greatest match ever, but just, you know. Just look at them both. They're both like larger than life, Hollywood, like Greek gods. Yeah. Um, this bloodline story, it feels like it, it would be a true passing of the torch and a great kind of final thing for Rock to do. I'd have Roman beat Cody night one and Roman, sorry, Cody beat Roman night one and Roman beat Rock night two. But that doesn't seem like WWE well, you booking. do it the other way around. You yeah. do Roman beat Rock and then Cody finally takes it night two. It's like he did even what The Rock couldn't do. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, how would you... Let us know. How would you book WrestleMania? Because that that way makes sense. Like, having The Rock do that, this would be the last... This could be his last match, like, ever. Like, yeah. why not? Just do it. Finally do it. It's it's Hollywood. It's huge. You're The Rock. It's Roman. It makes so much sense. But then on, like, the other side of it is, yeah, Cody's coming back. He will run the next year of wrestling in WWE. Mm-hmm. He will be the guy. He will be putting on great matches and storylines and all that stuff. The Bloodline storyline is the hot act right now. I also see the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania for the tag titles. That's a match I see. Uh, I think Rock coming back would, would bring a lot of people. You ever again? Everyone has that that friend or family member who's like, "Oh, I saw the Rocks back yeah. in the news. They said it's the Rock- what brought me back to yeah, wrestling." Yeah, it's in like it brings so, people into yeah. it. So as much as like maybe some hardcores are like, "Oh, the Rock, I don't care." Yeah, but a lot of other people do. So yeah. uh, bring that, bring him in would be pretty sweet. Well, you mentioned uh, Sami Zayn um, with Kevin Owens, perhaps. Yeah. But there's also the opportunity of that title match. Like, I still wouldn't completely rule out wow. Sammy okay. at Mania. 
they have teased a, a makeover this week. Uh, Jay Uso saying maybe you should trim your beard, get a bit of a haircut because uh, the Tribal Chief's coming back next week. And he's basically saying that like he's going to like reward you for right. for the, uh, the War Games, War Games. win. Now, in the interview on Austin's podcast, um, when they're showing clips from that Cesaro Sammy match from NXT, and Austin's like, "Hey man, you're you're a good looking kid." Yeah. Kind of going like, "What is this? What and is this?" Sammy's like, "Yeah, man. when I turned heel, I wanted to make myself as unattractive as possible, so I can almost see if he is having a, a makeover. This is the first like, it's like we, he is already a baby face, right. but you know, moving more to like looking like that." 2014 Sami Zayn right. moving forwards. Could this be the turn? Is this like a festival of friendship kind of thing? Like Whoa. we've had our use of you now, kicking yeah. him out. You could extend it further. Um, I, I saw reports this week that maybe there's a new like undisputed tag titles with a black strap coming out. So I could see a presentation of that to the Usos. Like it's almost like the Wizard of Oz giving everyone their they're like prizes, Your heart. you know. So Sammy's showing up with a haircut, cornrows, and tribal <laughs> tattoo. Tribal tattoos, <laughs> dyed black hair with a red red tint. Um, yeah, but I, I think Sammy's definitely a major character moving forward. I think he could you perhaps do like him win the rumble, and then Roman is you're like, crazy, and Roman is like you're basically going to hand that over. And he goes, actually, no, I'm not. And I want to do it in Montreal. I, I, yeah. You could do that. I still think we're getting a chamber and Roman's defending and Sammy is in the chamber. Okay. And that's when you have the final, like, what do I do? Do mm. I face you? Do I? And they fight and it still ends up being Roman who puts him down. But I would say that for me is kind of, it's the hook. This bloodline story, I, I could take or leave a lot of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, just the tease of, that I, I feel we're getting some some big movement next week in but, this Sammy saga. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm interested in the story. The 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 w, everything else in WWE right now is just okay. I think the Triple H honeymoon thing is worn off for mm. me. But the story of the bloodline and specifically Sammy, he's had just one hell of a year. We mentioned we're we're getting a lot of our listeners to help uh, with the best of matches this year, compli- compiling for best and worst of shows that we have coming in the next few weeks and. What's something that we brought up yesterday is like, yo, Sammy and Johnny Knoxville could be people's match of the year. I want to put, put it in the list because <laughs> it was so, so different. Good. It's almost, you know, when we had like that first stadium stampede yeah. or like the, the Boneyard match where it was so different where you go, I feel like, sure, there's been a lot of great Will Ospreay matches this year that we can talk about. But Johnny Knoxville, Sammy but Zane. But also Johnny Knoxville, Sammy Zane. Yeah. Like, it was, good. it was a proper match. It had a whole, whole story. Had like Sammy bumping around. That's good. I'm looking forward to watching quite a few of the matches. So you're thinking there's a possibility that Sammy wins the Rumble? That's who you would go. I I think it's Cody Rhodes or The Rock. I think you can can certainly do a spot where Sammy is like told to eliminate himself or something like that. Hmm. Like get right down. Or Owens again. Right, get get right down to the end. But like how are we building this? Like could you see Sammy... Like, I'm wondering him winning it, but being like, actually, I want to cash in this shot in my hometown. Like, fuck mania. I want you. I want you in Montreal. Yeah. I want you with my family, with my bloodline. I see. I see like more shenanigans with Owens trying to win the Rumble and Sammy, you know, costs him or they have Mm. another like interaction. Um, 
But I, as far as winning it, I do think it's probably Cody or The Rock or Ric Flair because I think he's in the Rumble. I think Ric. You think Ric Flair's? Well, let's move forward. You think Ric Flair's in the Rumble? I think uh, this would be the last time he shows up in WWE programming, and it's a Rumble spot. He gets in, he chops someone, and he gets thrown out. Roman should throw. No, sorry, Roman's not in the match because he's yeah, right. Someone like, throw him I, out. I can't see them like, especially <laughs> after that Jerry Lawler incident a few years ago where he wrestled and then died. The heart attack. The yeah, heart the heart. Attack. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. I mean, came back to life, but yeah, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Died. He was dead for a little bit. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they'd like. It means Ric Flair would have to take an over the top rope bump. Ooh, yeah. Um, don't know if he's doing that. I don't know if they'll try. I'm sure another Conrad Thompson like last match ever thing could happen for Rick. I don't know if WWE with all those sponsors and stuff yeah. like it'd be pretty bad if this old man died on pay per view. <laughs> it'd be really bad, but he seems like he's like he's not done. There's this video going around on TikTok where this girl's at a restaurant at a bar with her friends. She looks like she's like 18, 19, 20, and it's like her filming herself. And she's like, uh, my friend said there's a famous guy over there, Rick uh, something, so I'm going to go over there and talk to him. And she just walks over and Rick's at the bar by himself. And she's like, hey, I don't know you, but can I have a photo? And he looks and he's like, no. no. And then she's like, oh, he's so mean to me. Oh, And the internet's like torn now. They're like, Fuck Ric Flair, blah, blah, blah. And some people are like, yeah, why would you go up to anyone and go, I don't know you, but can I have a photo with you? Yeah, that sucks. No, fuck no. off. <laughs> so shout out Ric Flair in that situation, <laughs> in that viral video. But uh, he looked good. He's training for his Rumble win. One more I, title I know, reign. I mean, he, he's been in Woo. interviews saying like he uh, he thinks that match could have gone better and stuff like that. He goes, what was You it? faked death. You faked a heart he, attack he in that said, match. He said like he passed out a couple of times, but his excuse was... Well, I didn't eat and I was dehydrated because I wanted to cut cut weight to this weight. I'm like, Rick, this isn't this is fake. This isn't a UFC fight where you gotta make it for your weight class. Like, eat, (laughs) eat. You didn't even take your shirt off. Who cares what your stomach looks like? Just drink your water, Rick, and eat. All right, what other Rumble? I know it's a while away, but like, if I'm saying Rick, I'm sure you could have like your classic. Like, we just had Kurt Angle show up on SmackDown, but like, you could have had him. You could have had a few other like bigger. Oh, I, mine's the same same three every year for me. Who God. I who I pop for? Godfather, Steve Blackman. Oh, if he comes back, it's a right. rap, right? Yeah. Steve Blackman, uh, Ryback. <laughs> just think it would be funny, and Bob Holly. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're my they're my three. I would pop hard for if they showed up at the rumble. I agree with two of those. Uh, <laughs> Steve Blackman definitely. Oh, can you can you imagine that pop in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome if Steve Blackman, the Lethal Weapon, comes out to his music too? Yeah. It had to be his old music. Yeah, true. Let us know who would you want to see show up in the. Rumble? I don't want to. See, we've seen Godfather too yeah. many times. We've seen Hurricane. Hurricane. We've seen Boogeyman. Molly Holly. We see like I don't know what women there are they could bring back. Apart from Charlotte. the obvious Sasha, Charlotte. But I, they've done all the old timers at this point. Tori Wilson. Um, it's Kelly Kelly shows up every year, I feel. Yeah. Who, who else for the men's? Who would you like to... For the men's, William Regal. He's a man. Regal? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's not wrestling, <laughs> so it's not happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people they've released and then like want to come back. There were the rumors a year ago of... Corey Graves, weren't there? Because he got Wrestling cleared. Uh, there's always potential for the Rumble spot. Just, you know, the Announcer taking, taking your jacket off, yeah. getting in the ring, getting thrown out. Yeah, true. Uh, 
Yeah, there's still a few. Coming up to Rumble Yeah, it's like a month away or something like that. But it definitely is the fun time of like, oh, this, this, that kind of fantasy booking the the road to WrestleMania, which I still think is Cody. I I would assume so. His big return. Play some U2 in the video packages and it'll be great. And there's still, uh, sorry, there's also talks of this Ric Flair doc that's... Oh, sorry, yeah, Ric Flair has a documentary as well, so like kind of going on the wrestling documentaries. Wrestling's just popular right now. Is this this kind of countering any of this stuff from Darkseid, or is this completely... I would assume they're going to try to maybe, you know, make people like him again. Yeah. So that's possibly... I mean, he already has a million documentaries made about him, good and bad kind Mm. of thing, so I don't know what really this is. I I feel that's the only... As you said, we've, we've seen the like... Uh, ESPN, 30 30 yeah, and all that, so, and then the dark side. Like, yeah, oh. so I, I kind of feel this might be more of a like a public rebuttal. Yeah, maybe, possibly. Be, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got one more news item here, and this is something you brought up to me earlier in the week. We did have Kurt Angle's birthday celebration on SmackDown this week, where he uh, did you see any of him with Gable Stevenson? thrown milk yeah the classic milk truck bit he struggled with this hose i thought he was gonna fall over when he was dragging this hose for the milk i mean remember the original one the original was fantastic didn't he like almost shoot off his own face with milk (laughs) like geez uh, but yeah, Kurt Angle's been been talking a little bit. Yeah, I love this story. I didn't see a lot of places talk about it, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Kurt Angle uh, has his own podcast, right? I think with uh, ad-free shows, I think as well yep. there. Of course, every wrestler's got a podcast. Everyone's got a wrestling podcast like us. Uh, but um, he mentioned something that definitely had my attention. For anyone who watched Kurt Angle in TNA, if you were watching wrestling, when Kurt left WWE and then shows up, has the whole headbutt Samoa Joe thing... People lost their minds. That was a really hot thing in wrestling, especially the biggest thing TNA has ever done, hands down. But in an interview on one of his shows this week, Kurt Angle was mentioning that when he showed up in TNA, Brock Lesnar, who was still friends with Kurt, called him and was like, hey, I see you're doing that TNA stuff. Uh, You think you could get me in? And Kurt says on his show, "Uh, you know, uh, maybe. Kurt also said on this podcast last week, like, I should not be saying this, but... And then mm. continues to say that uh, Brock said that he would go to TNA if they paid him the same they paid Kurt. And TNA said, no, we can't do that because we gave Kurt all we our money. <laughs> we yeah. gave Kurt all our money. We can't give you any more money. And Brock was like, yeah, all right, cool. Never mind. And that never happened. Mm. That's just a big what if TNA had that money. That's basically Tony Khan now. Like, oh, you need more money? I got you. So this would have been around the time, like, who are your main eventers? Like, Joe, AJ, like, all those matches 2006, yeah, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Brock was not in WWE at the time. The Brock was doing some stints in New Japan. They've, they've, they tangled in New Japan and stuff like that. But it was kind of like the, like, darker period. It seemed mm. like Brock didn't really give a fuck around that time. But if he were to come into TNA, he'd easily have matches with your Samoa Joes, your Kurt yeah. Angles, your AJs. Back and you're talking the all these guys prime. Yeah, as well. Yeah, like we've yeah. seen those matches on on WWE, but kind of this is pre Suplex City, Brock. Oh as yeah, well. way before so coming pre-streak. back. Pre streak, so he maybe still be a, a little bit more vulnerable than we've seen him in the last few years. But yeah, that's that's interesting and could have been huge for TNA. I think that would have changed some things. Obviously, again, Kurt coming in was the biggest deal for them. It got a lot of people watching. The headbutts thing with Samoa Joe got people so invested. And he had a good run, Kurt Angle, but obviously knowing years later, like personal issues and things like that that he was going through at the same time, like it was a wild 
time for Kurt Angle, but to have Brock there would have been something like so crazy. This is again just a massive what if, but if that was the case, like TNA would have been a lot different if mm. Brock Lesnar was a part of it. I I would assume so. So I just thought that was interesting. Like definitely would have got more attention on it than than what most people like. I'm sh- TNA did what it it could have, but having Brock there, like really thinking about that, like ah, oh, I don't know about that, but would get people's attention back who, then. Who do you see Brock with for Mania? Is Brock even wrestling at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, he's been he's had the thing with Lashley. Like, I don't know if you just oh, yeah. do part three of that. Yeah. Like, the rubber match, perhaps. Omos. Uh, Omos. I feel Omos is, has lost a bit of steam. I hope so. Um, I hope we don't see Omos on WrestleMania. But yeah, Brock v. Cody. If we're not doing Cody, Roman. Cody, yeah. Brock v. AJ, Brock v. Finn, Brock v. Braun, maybe, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Like, don't care about that. Him. No, me neither. I'm just t- trying to think of viable, like, like main event guys that they've. Yeah, they've I don't got really right know. Because the title matches are Brock full. Edge? Put. Oh. That could be new. Yeah, actually, yeah, that could be pretty good, considering they fought a lot back in the day, but Edge wasn't at the level. Like, Ed- Edge will have to come back soon to get his. Revenge. Payback on Judgment Day, but oh, we yeah. assume like he's already had the match with Finn. He's yeah. already had the match with Priest. Yeah, we know we're going to Dominic Ray, so maybe yeah, that Edge Brock could be cool. That'd but be cool. I, I could also see, I could see like them doing the spot in the Rumble with Lashley and Brock, kind of teasing the, the third. They both eliminate each other, and, and you know what? People would be into match. that again. I I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah, why not book it? Yeah, WrestleMania could be pretty good if WWE doesn't fumble. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 pay per views have been strong. I think TV again has sl- started to dip. That honeymoon yeah. phase is definitely over. But I I think they could have a pretty stacked mania this year. Uh, Chris Elliott in the chat says, obviously they should go to Brock v Riddle. <laughs> if that one day will happen. I think Riddle's getting in the better books of WWE, so maybe one day. But Brock still being he's Brock. Like, he went from one of the hottest acts with Randy, and now he's with Flo Elias man. and Bongos. Um, Weird. And yeah, the, the Randy injury as well seems pretty serious. Randy like, v. Brock too. I like, I never <laughs> thought I'd be one to miss Randy, but I yeah. loved him this last year. And I think he's someone who, who you could have some interesting matches with. Obviously the riddle match eventually. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. His back injury seems pretty, pretty serious there. Yeah. Well, that's all of our like news items this week. Yeah, we uh, did it. We, we ran it. through a bunch of different stuff that wasn't just NXT. We did it, guys. Um, How did we do? We do have a, a bit of a feedback thread that we can throw to and kind of see uh, if there's anything on there we want to kind of piggyback off. Absolutely. Here. Yeah, let's go. Go for it. So we put up this feedback thread on the Poison Rana Facebook group. Go and join it if you haven't had a chance. You can always join us live on this feed, um, youtube.com slash at Poison Rana Pod. Yeah, they Very ma- odd. YouTube made made them Rolls go off at. the tongue, tongue, doesn't it? You can't even tweet it out now because the <laughs> at changes the link. It's bizarre. It's so stupid. Elon, what do you fuck? Or no, whoever's in charge of YouTube. What the fuck? And I think maybe I'll, I'll try and put this thread up earlier in the week so it can kind of inspire other things for us to talk about on this show. And also, if you join in live, uh, now would be a good time to ask any questions in the chat. I'll, I'll read them too. Absolutely. We'll start with Magan, who says, Impact's low profile worked to their advantage this week. Josh Alexander and Mike Bailey put on an hour-long clinic and a late shoe-in for Match of the Year. It's even better that it's available for free on their YouTube channel. Have any of you all seen it? I haven't, but now Megan telling me it's on their YouTube already. That's that's an indication I'll probably go put it on uh, later today. I didn't get a chance. It seems like 
it's almost like the Juice Robinson Samoa Joe thing. It's like you've just given us an an hour long classic on free TV, yeah, and then you're building to the pay per view match, which is going to be Alexander versus Bully Ray, which just doesn't sound oh, as interesting. No, at all. no, oh at fuck, all. fuck that uh, out. But yeah, absolutely go out. I I watched this match this morning. Uh, good. Go out of your way to watch it. Yeah, I I think I think Josh Alexander has been on quite a tear these last couple of years. Um, like, I think he's a fantastic wrestler. Definitely my style. But Mike Bailey, we're going to be talking about our uh, best of the year. And I think he's got a real shout for being um, in the conversation for wrestler of the year. The the promotions, it's a shame because it's a lot of indie dates and impact and stuff like that. Uh, that might not get the quite the profile of, say, a Will Ospreay. Um, but yeah, I think he's had a hell of a year this year. He is. Uh, he's been someone we've watched in because he was he was stuck in Canada for a long time, and to to us, we got to see him a lot of the time because he was still wrestling in indie dates in Canada and Toronto and stuff like that. And he's been killing it. it we we did a bunch of uh, we did a best match ever PWG uh, about a year or two ago, and we talked about his match with Omega from years ago. And after watching that, you're like, how did nobody pick this guy up mm. to sign him? And then of course the, the whole visas issues and stuff. Obviously, him being an impact right now, I still could see this guy show up somewhere else. I know he's he's the indie guy right now, and there. Why not? There's not a lot of other indie big stars. Like he really, we've seen NXT move in in such a way. Now we we had the the whole like all it is now is PC recruits and then the odds and ends from the black and gold era, and now it seems to like morph. We've we've taken a lot of the NXT UK talent with these PC recruits who are now in their stride and really getting quite good. Uh, a Mike Bailey being front row of a like live like a stand and deliver or something like that i don't know what his contract is right but i could see him have an nxt run and be nxt run would you know be good mixing for him, up yeah. with jd mcdonough mixing up with the likes of axiom mellow i could see that being a place for him well you- just because i think AEW is so overloaded with a lot of people quite similar to bailey so they're pro- they gave this match away for free which a lot of people are now raving about on their youtube but the pay-per-view is Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray. That's what they're building to. See, like, that seems so backwards. Bully Ray's won this Call Your Shot Don't care. trophy. At all. But he's like, I want to prove... He's like trying to be... Everyone expects him to be the bad guy, but he's like, no, no, I'm going to do the honorable thing and call it... Yeah, no, it's... No time for that. Bully Ray in 2023. Nope. Like, no. Uh, this clearly means Alexander retains, and then the next big pay-per-view is... Speedball getting his rematch, you would assume, is where they would go to that way, way instead of. Yeah, th- this match currently has a 9.54 rating on wow. the cage match. Got to put it Very on. high. We go to Chris Elliott in the Facebook group who writes in Last night's dog collar match will go down highly in the running for match of the year for me. All four put in a lot of hard work for it to live up to their matches earlier in the year and it 100% delivered. The Sasha Mercedes story is huge. If she ends up away from WWE whilst in the short term, it'll result in a match in New Japan or stardom. The big question for me in the long term effects, a free agent, uh, sorry, a free agent Mercedes could be fun for a while and could scratch an itch that certainly she's had for years. Plus, it allows her to get involved in other projects she probably wouldn't be able to do in WWE. But ultimately, I see her going back to WWE in the very long term whilst her, their woman's booking isn't exactly great. It's definitely way better than AEW's and would require significant improvement for her to consider that as a possible destination. Yeah. 
So he's saying kind of what we said, like, yeah, do the fun Short stuff, term run, dream matches, wrestle in. at the Tokyo, th- everything, and then, you know. And then be a surprise opponent for Seth Rollins at WrestleMania night one. <laughs> no, if Sasha Banks, <laughs> Sasha Banks should be fighting dudes at the same time. Like, not Seth, not so much like Sasha versus, uh, first of all, do the Mako match. That's That needs to happen. But Sasha versus a speedball yeah. would be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Sasha versus Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Book it, please. But yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, Cameron Starr also writes in. I'll read this little quick one. He says, I know you don't watch as much WWE, but what wrestlers would you like to win the Rumble? I think we kind of covered that, but Cody Like Rhodes. My my heart says uh, Sammy. Steve Blackman. My head says Cody. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, is there any questions uh, going on in the chat? I don't think so. I think we're okay. I think uh, we're okay. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's it. That's our, it. Our first episode. We did it. We talked all about uh, a bunch of wrestling stuff going on, and uh, we'll do it all again next week. Uh, reminder to follow us on all these new uh, platforms that we have. We have an Instagram, so at PoisonRanaPod, same as the Twitter, at PoisonRanaPod. The YouTube, go click that subscribe. If you're listening to this on an Apple podcast or a Spotify, hey, do us a little favor. Click that download. Mm-hmm. Click that download today on our first Poison Rana episode. Click it. And we want to see more of your wrapped. Spotify wrapped? Spotify wrapped. I want to see more of it. it it's proving quite the, like, the flex yeah. these days. Yeah. So, like, yeah, show us that. It's, it makes us feel nice, all uh, warm and fuzzy inside. Listening to us, liking us, giving us nice reviews on all the other stuff. Every like, RT, all that stuff goes such a long way, guys. So, thank you. We're trying to get this off the ground and running, and so far, so good. And we can't do it without supporters like all mm. of you. So, thank you. But the easiest place to go to is poisonrana.ca. That has all our links to our our YouTube, our post wrestling show, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Patreon, which we have some fun shows coming out this week. We've got our review of Rare Exports, a Christmas story, a horror Christmas film, our favorite, as well as talking about the top 5 festive moments in wrestling. So get your thinking caps on. What are your favorite like Christmassy holiday moments? Yeah, I would love feedback for that one, guys. We're gonna be we have a bunch of shows. We just did a review of Back to the Future Three, which is out on the Patreon. Then we got these two Christmas shows coming up. And if that's not enough, next Sunday, a week from today, we are gonna be recording our review of Home Alone wow. 2 with John Pollock. And if you are a patron at the Poison Rana Patreon, you will be invited to hang out live in the Zoom while we record with John. Yes, we'll be recording live. We'll send out all the information for that. It does mean we'll be pushing uh, this show back a little bit. I think I like believe, 4 next week, next week or to something. About 4 p.m. next week for this. And I think we're going, was it 1 with John? Yeah, I think so. 1, 1 p.m. with John for our Home Alone 2 review. So come and join that. It's easy. Patreon.com slash PoisonRana. $5 a month. That's it. Means you become a friend. A friend. Become one of our patrons. Or if you like, if you want to be someone like Chris Price, who gets to pick stuff for us to review, come on, talk about it, and listen to our very, very exclusive Behind the BDE show once a month. That's $25, and you can be part of our family. Yeah, we do so many podcasts, and we would love for you guys to check them out. But again, thanks to anyone who listens and supports us and all that stuff. We cannot do that without our little community of our, of our what do we call them? Tadpoles? Tadpoles. Frog friends? <laughs> yeah. Poison pals? Whatever it is that you are, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, 
Yeah. So uh, all the the fun stuff, all the different podcasts. And we love, 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 love you guys. Thank you, everyone in the chat. I see Way saying great show. Thank you, Way. Hey, thank, thank you, Frank, Chris, let everyone me, in there. highlight that. Where is that? Great <laughs> show, guys. I'm going to put that on the screen. You're going to frame it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Shout out Way and John from Post for just being absolutely amazing gems and helping us do all this stuff and letting us be on their feed with Up Next. And man, it's it's a fun, wild time. But that's it. That's all. I myself, Brain Harrington, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the Bray D. And I am at Davey Portman. Take care, goodbye, be safe, and leap, my frog. Oh hoy!